This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That's right. Welcome to The 20 Podcast. It's not The 19 Podcast. It's not The 21 Podcast. It's The 20 Podcast. And you may wonder why. Some of you that have not been listening as long. Well, we've got a playlist on BeatSource, which this show is sponsored by. That's called the 20 Playlist. And uh, our amazing music director, Kid Spin, picks 20 songs of all genres for you guys to be able to DJ with. Okay? And you can use BeatSource to play these songs off this playlist. And you can use BeatSource Link, the cloud-based technology that they are bringing to you so uh like i told you before this podcast is brought to you by beat source it's the new digital music service for open format djs we are adding new features working with new companies doing all types of stuff the playlists are getting better and better our curators are killing it um, go on there and check it out the 20 playlist all the different genres anything you could need we've got beat source link which allows you to dj off the cloud you even can use that in offline mode now so you can have a locker and use it we've got a web-based dj app that is absolutely mind-blowing i can't stop playing with it it's super fun you have to try it to understand so go do it uh, and for you guys wondering about oh should i sign up i think we have a 30-day trial so go sign up see if you like it i promise you you will uh, we just integrate with Tractor, I think, and uh, we've got a lot more coming. Um, there are the VIP crates, so many amazing DJs, A-Track, Steve Aoki, Zoo, uh, Tay James, so many cool people are doing customized playlists. Um, I just did a playlist for Jewish American Heritage Month with I put a bunch of people that you wouldn't even know were Jewish some you would some you wouldn't but it's a really dope playlist I put together I also have some DJ spider signature playlists coming for you I'll be doing a monthly playlist of songs that I find as well as a mainstay one of all stuff that I play at my events that you can save right into your DJ program hardware or software so enough about that we love beat source we are beat source we're bringing it to you and we wouldn't be doing it without them and for all you guys watching on youtube that's right beat source on the hat baby um yo thank you guys all the listeners for tuning in week after week i really appreciate it hit me online my dms are open to you at DJ Spider on Instagram or on Twitch, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. If you're a Twitter person, hit me up, D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R. I want to see you on there. Let me know what you want to hear on this show, guests or anything I could do to help you. Now, on to the amazing guest we've got today. I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to keep it a secret. We have got Ape Drums on the show today. That's right. He's one of the dopest producers out there and one of the dopest DJs. He's created a signature sound mixing Caribbean and Latin inspired rhythms with a futuristic sound. Uh, it's really all his own. Uh, we talk about it on the show. He explains to me how that came about. All the He gives us some, some super tips, even some plugins and sounds and uh, nice insight into his music production and his DJ. Uh, it's crazy, man. He was telling me he was working at the Oakley store in the mall in 2015 
And to think now, in 2021, he's in one of the biggest groups in the world, Major Laser, with Diplo and Walshy Fire. Uh, Pre-pandemic, obviously, they were touring the world, playing to hundreds of thousands of people in the festival circuit, and now they're getting back into it. Uh, They were doing events this weekend in Miami that he tells us about on the show. Um, and, you know, just to give you a little more background about him himself, he's collaborated with Little Uzi Vert, Denzel Curry, uh, to name a few, and with Major Lazer on their latest album that he did songs with Jay Balvin, Anita, Nicki Minaj, Mr. Easy, uh, and most recently he dropped a remix of Doja Cat's song Streets and his own EP, which just came out and it is available on BeatSource as well as everywhere else you get music. He's got some super dope guests, some people you may have heard of and some you haven't, but the production is dope. I listened to the whole thing all the way through, had no urge to skip it or fast forward it, so go check it out. Uh, It was an absolute pleasure for me to get to know him better. Some of the stories he told me were great, a lot of the insight, and uh, he's just an all-around cool dude. So um, let's get into it. Please welcome Ape Drums to the show. I feel like we're just starting to get back into things, and I know you're out in Miami, right? So things are really yeah. moving out there. What did you do yeah, this weekend? I mean, well, f- Saturday we had a, a like a private major laser show at a new venue opening up. Um, oh, dope! Nice. It was kind of like a soft opening, like private invite only. So we did that. Ludacris performed. It was a cool little vibe, and um, dope. Obviously, when the guys are in town, it's like we, you know, we got to do as much as we can. It's, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people in town as well because it was a three points festival. So it was a lot of like, like house music artists out here doing events. So we're just trying to touch a little bit of everything. And it's, yeah. you know, Miami's open up basically. So it's back to getting home at 7 a.m. Crazy. Oh my God. I mean, honestly, I love to hear that because it's been over a year of me interviewing people remotely like this and just being like, what do you think's going to happen? You know, like, how are we going to live? So it's nice to see like stuff coming back and people doing things. And Miami is definitely at the forefront of it. I know for a while people were like hating on it, like, <laughs> you know, Florida, what the fuck's going on? But now people yeah. are looking at it like, we're coming out. You know, I'm exactly. hitting you up. <laughs> they, they, if, they hate on it and then, they, and then they're like, actually, I kind of want a piece of that, you know? So within about 30 days, it. everything flipped yeah. over <laughs> to like, yeah, exactly. you guys are going to hell to like, hey, can I yeah. come hang out uh, on yeah. the stage? <laughs> exactly. I got the vaccine, so I'm on my way. Um, that's exactly. crazy. And, uh, and yeah, and so you're part of Major Laser now. I mean, I've loved your production since, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I don't think I've heard you put out anything bad before. I, I know you don't put out like a huge amount of things. You're not like putting something out every week, but everything you put out is like of the utmost quality, like just dope, you know? And, um, yeah, I, I love it. So I've been you know, rocking your production, remixes, all that in my DJ sets. And I know a lot of open format DJs, not just dance music, you know, EDM kind of DJs have been too. And that's a lot of our listeners at BeatSource. So, um, yeah, I mean, what's it like now that you're in major laser? Is that a huge change for you? Um, as an, like, I guess as an artist, it's kind of different. It's like, all right, you right. know, being a solo artist, I was always like, in charge of what I wanted to do and make. And, you know, that was never, a, that was never a certain, you know, that was never really any rules or boundaries. Yeah. Um, and I, and I was always like my own boss. I was always just solo, like a lone wolf, but 
being part of like a group like that, it's obviously you, I'm coming from a fan first, you know, I've known you guys for years, but I was always a fan and I was like, man, I was even inspired by major laser music, you know, throughout the years. Right. And then being part of the group, it's like, all right, well now I'm actually in it. So like in the, I'm in the process, I'm in the machine, what is major yeah. laser. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's take, you know, I, I mean, it's first year, just get used to it, especially all the shows, the way the shows are programmed bigger stages choreographed stages and it's crazy so i mean obviously it's been great everything's been amazing it's been learning experience even still to this day you know yeah um, yeah but it's a you know it's a lot of uh it's a lot of uh what's the word i'm looking for um um trying to think of the word like teamwork type stuff or it's a lot of teamwork but a lot of like make sure you handle your shit type shit you know what i mean like everybody has their part and they make sure you yeah. handle it and it's a lot of like responsibility and accountability for your part in the group uh and yeah. what you bring to the table i guess right yeah yeah yeah. but it's i mean it's like we're a bunch of friends man we just like we, every yeah. time we link we all do our own sh- our own shows our own music and then when it's time to do a major list show it's like a reunion every time and we just like it's, it's no weird vibes. It's like, we're just hanging out. And in the show, right. time, we're like, oh, we got to do a show. All right, let's go do a show. And then, so it's great, man. Yeah, that's dope. And, and I mean, you and Walshy both uh, being in Miami or, you know, I know you're not both originally from there, but being you guys represent Miami, I feel like at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I think you like, like you have that vibe and the, the party culture and, um, and all of you have had such a global take on music from the beginning. I know it all has a Caribbean influence and, and reggae and that kind of thing, but, and dance hall, but it's very like global, even when you guys are solo. So when you come together, it's like this superpower of just like, I feel like you guys could make any genre dope <laughs> you know like yeah man we're um, all just like yeah we i mean like you said you said it best we're all just like all about world music like what's out yeah. there that people don't know about and that we think is fire like always underground and it's yeah always into the the crazy underground whatever sounds different whatever's banging you know yeah and all of you do music and DJ and produce for the right reasons. I feel like, you know, none of you are like, I got to get that hit or I got to copy this style. Like all of you are very much at the forefront of what will be going on. I feel like within the next couple of years, rather than like, this is cool. Let's do this sound. You know, I mean, Diplo's always been like that just from the DJ perspective and listening to Hollertronics records, you know, and then Walshy Fire too. And, and like people, a lot of people don't even know he's, an insane uh, open format DJ. I, I've heard him play sets where he's mixing Bobby Shmurda and 80s songs and all that, you know, into dance hall and killing it on the mic, you know. So I think, yeah, you guys are like kind of like Avengers style coming together in this crazy way. So your addition to the group, uh, to me, was just such a smart move and so cool. And it's probably dope for you because you can still, like you said, do your solo projects, put out a lot of things which you have coming, which we'll talk about on this show, um, as well as be part of Major Laser and get that amazing exposure and, and keep building that super group like it's been since the beginning. 100%, man. 100%. I'm, I'm actually, you know, it, it didn't make sense. Like, when I think about it, I'm like, who else could they have gotten? Like, let's just say it wasn't, you know, me. Right. But it just made perfect sense. I mean, 
And plus, yeah. we're all like the same height and weight, so it's even better, you know. <laughs> That's if so I was you're like, like six foot eight or like five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, exactly, so, yeah. you guys can share clothes and uh, <laughs> put yeah, on masks. Yeah, we gotta be on stage and and look good yeah. on stage. We can't be off, you know what I mean? I know. I mean, I'm sure just like, you know, you're experienced and done a bunch of shit, but it must be, like you said, so next level coming into that show. Their shows are are festival, made for festivals, and even their shows in Vegas, I mean, are different than other DJ sets. Like you said, they have girls on the booth. They have people choreographed, having the crowds do next level things. I've seen Major Lazer in Vegas over the years, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's... It's a whole different thing, I guess. And I'm sure you learn a lot from that that you could probably bring into your Ape Drums shows eventually. I w- yeah, man, I will say this. When I was doing my own shows, I, I never stood on the stage. I never was on a mic. Like, I was on a mic, but I wasn't, like, interacting much. Like, I was yeah. never, I was never had, like, the, I guess I wasn't comfortable being on stage and walking around and, like, talk, you know? But after these shows, I'm like, man, this is, like, a breeze. I can do this. This is, like, yeah. definitely I can interact more whenever I start doing my own shows again. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited. That's so dope. And so, like, just to kind of step back for a second and find out, like, how you got to this point. Like you said, you are a great addition to the group. Um, I know you're originally from Houston, Texas. You live in Miami. Uh, what did you, like, how did you become Ape Drums? How did you get so into Caribbean music and dance hall and your production style turn into that? Like, who were some of your early influences and where did you grow up and hear music for the first time like that? Um, it's crazy because coming from Houston, I mean, I grew up listening to zero Caribbean music. Like I kind of stumbled <laughs> wow. upon it. Like I would listen to music, like it would be like little MP3s that can only hold like 15 songs, you know, little <laughs> MP3 players. And like, I was right. like, all right, what's this week's like playlist, you know? And it would always yeah. be like Missy Elliott. Like, like my biggest influences, I think, along with a lot of other guys in my generation is like Timbaland, Pharrell, and even, um, I mean, I would listen to like tapes, like techno house tapes as well, like that I bought just because the tapes were like, they looked cool. I didn't right. know what was on them. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah. I had a tape player. I was like, oh, these tapes look cool. I like the design of it. Herbal Beats, I think it was called. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to listen to it. And it was just a lot oh. of techno house shit. And I was like, yo, these are fire. Like, and then another one I listened to was like DJ uh, Blayero mixtape. And he just did all reggaeton dance hall mixes like crazy. Like when Nicky Jam and like Daddy Yankee were coming up, like barely. And um, yeah, they were just like mixtapes. And I, I heard the thing is, obviously, every, I, don't, I don't think everybody knows this, but a lot of people know that reggaeton came from dance hall. And right. the way it started, it was the Latin artists would rap over dance hall rhythms and then they'd add the reggaeton drums. And then so I think I got my first taste of like dance hall music from reggaeton because I was like, these rhythms are crazy to productions. And that's another thing. As a young kid, I remember listening to music differently than everybody else because when I heard a song, I liked it. And I was like, yo, these drums sound crazy. What is this sound in the back? This drum sounds clean. This is like a Indian sound, but what is this? I think nobody was listening to music like that. So yeah. from like an early age when I was young, I remember it. And I remember I had this conversation I was telling my mom. She was like, yeah, you would tell me like, Oh, mom, you hear this sound in the back of the song? I can't tell what that is. You know what instrument that is? She's like, I couldn't hear what you were talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> she was just like, you always had like an ear for like stuff. And so it's just after that, man, like, you know, when I got introduced to the internet, like dial up net zero internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- did my research and, you know, YouTube wasn't a thing yet. I forgot there was another, I think it was like E-Bombs World. 
I was like watching yep. music videos on there. <laughs> of for and sure. Somehow stumbled across um it was like oh I guess it was like in this era where dance hall was kind of getting popping and it was like a bunch of dance hall music videos just there. Like and for some reason it was like they were they were trending and I was like, man, these are crazy. I looked I love this music, I love this culture. And I think from there just I you know found out more about it. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's really dope. And it's cool to hear the evolution of it, like coming from like reggaeton, like you said, um, and, and the connection with dance hall. I mean, I wonder if that's why like reggaeton drums are so pronounced and so loud that they because they had to go over the dance hall drums, you know, and not blend in and just be like, boom, bah, boom, you know, like yeah. that. It was definitely that, no mixing back then. It was just like, right. you know, that's how good, great music always starts, just rawness. Like, even still to this day, we're, yep. I think the best music still to this day now is like raw, unmastered, unmixed sounds because it's just so early and so new. And it's just, it's so it's, true. you know, it's to our that, ears. That's all, like, like all the hip hop, you know, that, that people love and like all the old school people like, well, it's distorted. That's not correct. You're like, it doesn't matter if it's correct. Like, is it dope? Yeah, that's all that matters. You think some kid that's listening cares or even knows about the mastering and the hertz and the frequencies? Like, no, yeah. I don't think so. And that's probably a problem that a lot of producers deal with to this day is like the perfectionism thing because they're so worried about what other people are going to think when in reality we know as DJs and producers, if something is dope, I don't care if it, if it has enough treble or whatever, like I'll fix that in my DJ mix, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. That that's probably some of the dopest producers kind of can get rid of that fear of, of if it's perfect or not and just put out into the world and then just keep going, you know? For sure, man. I mean, I know for me, when I first started producing, like, I was hungry. I was learning. I taught everything myself off YouTube and just, like, messing with shit. And when I first was getting the hang of it, I was, like, I, I still am a perfectionist, but I was more, right. like, all right, I cannot, this has to be tweaked to the best. I was EQing, compressing everything throughout the years. And then, literally, like, the last two years, I was, like, man, like, I... I you know, a lot of these guys, this like mixing and mastering is a process after making the song. I was like, I, I yeah, like, the whole time I was mixing and mastering my own songs and beats. I was like, I really don't have to do that all the time. So now I'm like, I'll, I'll make a beat and I won't even touch like the compression. I'll just leave it raw and just be like, if it sounds good, that's fine. But we can do the, all the mastering and mixing after, like just to get yeah. the ideas out, you know? And it's definitely yeah. a, like a work smarter, not harder kind of thing that I've been learning throughout the years as well so that's definitely one of them that's dope that's a great tip i think to other producers and people getting into production that like don't worry about all that stuff because in a way all that shit can make you forget your idea or lose your momentum on like how you're hyped on the idea and then you work so hard on the compression that you're like what was i even doing or like this doesn't even sound like i'm not hyped on it anymore yeah and a lot of the times i notice this that it sounds better without compression. Like the kick will I know. hit harder, and like a right. baseline will sound like I'm like a, a snare is like way cleaner. I'm like, why did why do we even compress? Like this is crazy. Like why am I even doing this? You know. So <laughs> I remember watching videos that that like my biggest like the way I get inspiration the most is like watch producers that I like or I'm into making yeah. music or how they make music, and I'm like making a beat, and I'm like, man, this is so simple, and they'll be like, oh, I don't even EQ or mix nothing. I just leave, and I'm like damn that's crazy like i'm like all right shit i'm gonna start doing that like it sounds way better 
Right. Right. I know. That's crazy. I know. That's what I love about Twitch and YouTube and stuff now is that so many producers have like opened up their studio and just stream it online. And the amount of inspiration I've gotten over the past year from just DJing and producing is crazy because just see, I'm writing down plugins or I'm like, I I didn't think about moving my hand like that when I'm scratching and, you know, different things like that. You can, yeah. like you said, I get so much inspiration from watching them and, and seeing how simple it is. Um, and your, I mean, your production is like remarkably simple in a good way. Like I listen to, um, you know, I, I think I've heard pretty much all your stuff, but I listen to a lot of the new stuff you have coming out. And it's crazy to me how minimal the beats can be that, that you're doing, but I feel like that that leaves it open for the vocalist and the songwriter to do their thing, right? Is that why you do that? Like, how do you hold yourself back? How do you edit yourself and make it so minimal, but still put your, you know, influence in there? Um, it's That's another thing I learned throughout the years. I was like, man, I, I got to stop putting so much into the, a beat, into a song. Like, Right. Especially when making like a dancehall rhythm, specifically dancehall rhythms, man, because they're very limited. There's there's the same drum layout, and it's not there's not much you can do with it. It's just it's a boom, 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 boom. You know, there's that one, and there's like one more, and that's all right. you have to play with. So you can only do so much. Like, and I'll go back when you go back and listen to the old dancehall rhythms, man. It's like it's barely even a kick in there sometimes, and there's like a a hat symbol, and then just like a snare that they recorded everything live, you know, and it just sounds yeah. good. Like, and then a lot of, within a, like the past five, six years, a lot of big artists have been doing dance on music. And even you listen to their beats, like, like it's, I think it's just better. The, the, the more minimal, the better. And it's just sounds right. way cleaner when you add too much sounds and then you try to fill in every space with the sound or percussion or an effect, it just clashes everything. And I've learned that even guys like, that that i've been in the studio with or guys that like hit me up for tips i'm like yo take this out and take this out and it would be so much better it's easier on the ears the listeners aren't really paying attention to the instruments in the back it's just you as a producer going crazy thinking you need to put <laughs> fill it up more that's really all you you don't need much man and and as long as they sound clean and it's a snare has to be the right octave at certain points and the kick yeah. has to either punch or be soft in the back and that's all you have to do and add a baseline you do your chords your melodies and then the and then obviously yes they always leave room for the songwriter or singer to play around with it because at the end of the day that's the most important part of when it comes to listening to a song you know people want to hear the vocals and sing along to whatever the singer's singing and they need right. to play around with it they need as much space as possible yeah i know i think djs and producers uh get too much like of an ego or like they get too much into themselves of like well i need to do this all about me when they don't realize what the listener is hearing and that they're leaving room for someone else and even silence is something like the silence that you leave out is actually something that people's brain fills in musically you know that and producers like you said i think they want to jam everything in there so i mean you your music definitely embodies that that minimal thing but like it's dope for for even DJs like me that like to do a lot of blends and mashups and scratch over things. 
your beats are so perfect for that because I can experiment, put an acapella over it and go, oh, this sounds dope. And it's not mm-hmm. like too many parts going crazy. Um, so, yeah. And it's cool to hear that play out in your original music and uh, into the major laser productions and stuff. How oh, did yeah. you how did you learn? Like, like, where did you? Well, I guess, I, you know, you said where you uh, first started watching production, but were there any producers that you were able to get in the studio with that you learned from in the beginning um, before you put out your, your, your first music? Nah, man, it's literally just me. Like, I've always, I guess early on, I had like a good sense of what good music is supposed to sound like and what is appreciated upon people in the music industry and other DJs. Yeah. Like I started off making um like house music. Like I, I would first before I even put anything I thought about being a pretty mess around with like beats, like hip hop beats and whatever. But when I was like taking, you know, I took a cool interest in like dance music back in like twenty two thousand eight, nine. Yeah. And I was like, man, like it was it was a like I can tell it was about to be something big. Like DJs like producer DJs was about to be a crazy thing because they were getting booked to play festivals and, and block parties and play their own music. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to make this like house music, progressive house music. And that's what I started doing. And early, early on, I knew what good music was, was supposed to sound like what people would yeah. appreciate if I sent it to them. So I would look at certain DJs and I wouldn't be that guy that sent it to 50 DJs, you know, send right. my song to 50 DJs. Yo, check out my news. I would, I would be more technical with it. I'd be like, all right, this song, I think this person wouldn't like it. So I would send it to like two or three guys and that's yeah. it. And maybe even one time. And then when I, you know, obviously like it was so many guys making the same kind of music. I was like, man, I gotta like stand out somehow. I gotta do something different. So I was like, right. I like dance hall, but nobody's making dance hall for like EDM, like dance music. And I was like, let me try something. And then I did like a few. And that's that's when every, everybody caught like I, they were like caught wind of, of what I was doing. I was like, oh shit. Right. All right. And we we're talking on Twitter, mad DJs following me and fucking with me. And I was like, all right, cool. So I kind of had like an early on, like, I knew what good music was. Like, yeah. And I'm still learning to this day because beats that I put out like four years ago, I'm like, man, I could do this a lot better. Like, that's the thing. Right. Like, I'm not. I'm, you know, no matter where you are, you're still learning every day. Music's always evolving, especially now faster than ever. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like you have to keep up, you know, and that's, that's another reason why I don't put music out every week because I know I'm going to get tired of it. Next, like put a, if I put a song out like last, like a month ago, I probably would be yeah. over it by now. I'd be like, man, I could have, I could have used a better <laughs> snare. Like it, I hate it now, you know? Right. So, right. That's why I always like, you know what? I don't mind putting out like songs here and there, like spread throughout the year. I'm not trying to put a lot in one year, um, especially not now since it's just me like in my own, like I'm making all my own stuff. Like I got to be like careful with what I put out because I want to be able to play it five years, four years from now, you know? Yeah. No, your music holds up like that. Like it, you can play. It's not something that was like, that was dope this year. You know, like mm. I think it, it definitely has that timeless um, thing to it. I mean, dance hall music in itself is timeless. I feel like songs that came out 20, 30 years ago, we can still play and people get just as hype. Somehow 100%. dance hall can capture that like live feeling that other music can't. I don't know why. Like somehow in the vocals and the rawness, like you said, it has that rawness that other music, uh, I don't know, sort of got rid of by over being overproduced. And, and you yeah. did... You did 
find a way to splice it together the the dance stuff and the new sounds and the other stuff and it wasn't like moombaton though you know what i mean because that feel like that was its own thing you really have this futuristic dance hall sound i feel like that's different than a moombaton type sound if if i'm yeah you know getting it right 100 100 yeah yeah it's a it's like similar but very different you know and i want people to know that like and that was always my thing. I said, I always want to keep it as genuine as possible. The rhythm has to stay a rhythm. No matter what we do, it still has to be a dance hall beat. Because if we change one drum and take it out of the place, it's not dance hall no more. Yeah. So I always wanted to keep it that that early 2000s vibe. Like, just go off of that. Because that was yeah. a golden era. Yo, that's a really good reference. Like, the early 2000s vibe of, like, the dance hall stuff. I mean... You can play all that now and everyone will just go crazy. Yeah. It works so perfectly. And that's a lot of the stuff people are remixing too, you know, on and bootlegs and for the festivals and all that stuff. Just using the great part and then putting in their stuff. Um, 100%. What, what about like your family? Were they supportive of your production or do you come from a musical family or was it kind of weird for them? Um. Well... It was my mom just raised me and my sister, but I do have a huge family from Houston, but everybody's kind of spread out. We kind of, right. when we were younger, we we saw each other a lot, but as we all grew up, we only saw each other for like the holidays. Yeah. But my family, like I come from a big musical family because all of my uncles and my cousins play guitar. Like, oh, wow. It's just, it was just like, they all took it after each other and like got interested just looking at the other one. The other person was, oh, I want to do it too. It's like, it's just like rich and like, rock like heavy metal rock classic rock like so i have like four uncles knew how to play guitar all my cousins know how to play guitar my little sister knows how to play guitar like <laughs> wow. and i was the only one that was like man i i, I want to be a producer i want to make beats i want to dj you know so i mean i mean and my family is definitely super supportive now like they didn't really know about it like when i was first doing it because right i was just kind of doing it in my room and like you know, arguing with my mom every day because she was like, you got to go to school. And I was like, mom, like, trust me, like, I, I got a feeling it's going to be crazy. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I know you're mad because, <laughs> you know, I don't have a job right now. I'm not spending a lot of time working on this, but this is, I have a, like, I have to do this. I can't do anything else. Yeah. So it's just a good story to tell now. But yeah, my mom's super proud of me, man. And family's always supportive. And yeah, it's been great, man. It's, it's just trying to keep going. That's dope. I mean, isn't that crazy when you just feel something like inside and you just know it and like even your family can't see it. They're like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm telling you, I feel this like you will see it one day. You know what I mean? That just shows like as humans, like we have that gut feeling inside and you got to trust it. Like, I mean, yes, it is good to go to school and I'm not, you know, people should do that. But but school, school will be there if you feel like you might have a crazy opportunity in front of you or you have this feeling bubbling up i think you know it's important to just jump on it and and do it you know yeah and i think it's rare to have that feeling because yes when i first knew about it i was like this is i have to do this like and looking back at it now i you know i was looking up on youtube i spent hours every i was obsessed with learning it and a lot of yeah. people say, oh, I want to be this. I want to do this. But they're not, they don't really want it. They want the lifestyle. They like, they want what they see, but they, they're not obsessed the way I was. And pe- when people are obsessed, they go that extra mile to get as much information as they can. And it's the internet, bro. You can, the internet gives you whatever you want. You can learn anything yep. on the internet for free. It's, it's yeah. crazy. So the, like I get people all the time. Oh yeah, my son wants to do this. And my son wants to do that. My friends even, yo, I want to. 
but they've never not once asked me for like any help asked me to teach them anything on their own has never like made a beat or worked on any music so i'm like always telling them like i don't think you really want to do this because you would have learned by now you would have been obsessed with learning it you're just right but you just see what you think happens on instagram and the lifestyle and playing big shows and and you know getting paid to dj in different cities like but you're not obsessed. You're just obsessed with the, the idea of it, but you're not obsessed to actually do the work enough to do it because you're, that's not really what you want to do, obviously. So yeah. I always tell people that. I'm like, yo, do you, I'm like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, well, like, are you teaching yourself every time, every chance you get on the internet? Are you like looking, yo, how can I, how do, how do you make a beat? How do you, you know, and then comparing and then listening to a beat that you like and then literally making the same beat just to kind of, hear how you compare sonically to their song all right cool my sounds it's my sounds pretty decent like bro it, i just did all that so i feel like that's the missing part nowadays like yeah. you don't have that hunger that obsession for like what they really want to do it's so true like it's just like anything people are like i want to make movies like how many scripts have you written like just yeah you can write a script look up how to write a script and start writing the movie you got the idea it's just like anything like that um i agree and same with djing the amount of people that hit me like my son wants to learn my daughter wants to learn or i want to learn and and i will like you said i'll offer help like let me know i can teach you some things or i can show you but they just see the final product they don't know they don't want to walk the path. It's like, oh, well, I hiked like 4,000 miles to get here. Like, are you willing to do that? Like, oh, I don't yeah. want to do that. I just want to be at the end of the, you know, path. Well, it's like, yo, you have to put in the work. Like, there's no, of course, you'll see someone that kind of got there or did this or made $10 billion doing this. But that's like looking at someone that won the lottery. Like, you got to put, if you want the goal, you got to put in the work. And yeah. Um, and you're you got to be someone that, like you said, you don't even know why you're doing it. You're almost addicted to doing it without anyone telling you what to do. You know, like yeah, exactly. Like I'll find myself up late at night making a beat, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go to sleep. But in a way, it's like, why am I doing this? Why does my brain and body keep dragging me to do this? Like obviously, there's a reason. Um, you know, so yeah, I that that's like a really good point. Um you know, to everybody out there, like, just, that's what I tell everyone too. like, just do it. You know what I mean? Nobody exactly. was good it's, at first. It sounds simple, but it's literally like you, there's nothing stopping you. Like, yeah, obviously if you have like some family issues going, you have no time, you're taking care of like, yes, that, of obviously, course. but, but that's, you can, if anything, that's just like motivation. Like there's, there's really nothing stop, stopping you, man. Like it's, it's all there. You just, you have the internet. It's there for you. You can learn anything you want. People are making bro people are making shit happen just every single day like no matter what like yeah it's there for you man you just gotta do it that's as simple as you can possibly say yeah no that's, that's the truth um and uh and so as far as like your your pro music production and remixes like when you sit down to do a remix versus like making a song do you approach it much differently yeah like I think remixes, I feel I like I enjoy doing remixes. It's like fun for me because yeah. it's like I already have the vocal and I, I can for some reason it's just so easy for me. I can knock out a remix in like a day or two. And it's just like and like I said, like I keep it minimal. So the vocal is there. So I'm like, all right, half of the work is already done. 
I just need to make a beat around something that's already done. I don't have to start from scratch, which is like crazy to me because there's so many, there's so many like ways you can go about it, you know, starting from scratch, but there's acapella already there. And it's like, if I hear a certain note, it's just like, it's just one of those things where I hear it. If I hear a song or I hear the acapella, I know I can remix it like fire and quick. So every time I get like a remix offer, I'll be like, oh, like what song is it or whatever? And I'll listen to it. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, we need it in a week. I was like, yeah, no problem. And that's just, that's fun for me. And it's like, it, it, it keeps me interested in like doing it as well. You know, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, cause producing from scratch, it gets overwhelming. It's like, for me, I do it based off inspiration and I haven't, it's hard to find inspiration nowadays, man. It's a lot of music sounding the same. There's not a lot of other guys trying to stand out that just make me go like, oh, this is, this is, oh, I'm, all right, let me open up my Fruity Loops now and like start. Yeah. It's rare for that to happen. So remixes are a really good, uh, really good chance for me to kind of get inspiration as well. Because if I do a remix, I'll be like, oh, I'll start getting more ideas for other songs. So that's why I did like the last remix I did was for the Doja Cat Streets remix. I was yeah. like, oh, I can do like a house mix. I was like, I want to do like a house music, like very basic, like nothing too deep, but like very, like something somebody can play in a club. So right. I'm like, all right, we can play it. And if people know the song, obviously, see how it goes, whatever. And I, I, that's like actually one of my favorite remixes I've ever done still to this day. And I feel good about it. And I want to keep doing stuff like that, that I feel good about, you know, even after I put it out. So yeah, yeah I, I approached it that way, man. That's, it's fun for me. No, that that's a cool th- uh, way to think about it because it does get overwhelming with the original production. You just have infinite possibilities. So you're just like, what, what do I do? And with the remix, someone has already done a lot of the work and, and they can bring you that inspiration. And like you said, you're not always going to be inspired. So sometimes you just have to, this goes back to the, do you want to be a producer thing? Like I heard somebody say like, how do you beat, you know, I have producer block or beat block. And the producer was like, oh, I got the best solution for that. Just sit down and make a beat. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. I, I'm, I have a block. They're like, no, just literally sit down and make a beat every day of your life and you'll beat the block because you have to get those shitty productions out, you know, before you get to the good productions. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a dope, dope way to think about it. Um, and yeah, so like you said, you did that, that, uh, streets remix, which you love. And I think has translated to the fans and people and DJs and everybody listening to it because it's got received very well and seems to be doing good on the streaming platforms. And, um, hopefully as DJs get back into the world, they'll be dropping it in their sets besides Miami and Texas. Regardless. Yeah. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, man, I do it. I I make music. And that's another thing, a big thing that a lot of people miss is that I make music for me now. Like I don't make music to be top 10 on billboard. I make music so I can play. Like once I'm comfortable in a comfortable stage where I'm playing all my own shit and my own DJ sets and my shows, then I'm like, all right, let's look at, some other stuff you know but right now that was my biggest issue coming up as a dj i wasn't playing enough of my own stuff in my sets and feeling good about it so right that's gonna be the next thing especially like when shows start picking up i want to start I'm, I'm gonna be very picky with my shows i'm gonna be very picky with my my releases now and like how i want to brand everything because I'm, I'm doing it for me now you know i want to do it for me and my fans i know they love it and like my friends because my those are the only guys like being like yo this is this is like yo you killed this remix this is like the best remix yo this is crazy bro yo this and that's when i'm like all right you know what i'm doing the right thing 
I'm not yeah. trying to please the people that don't really care about music and just want to be part of this trend of liking a song that every, you know, it's a big yeah. thing now. It's like people are posting TikToks of a song and then posting on their story. I want to do it too. It has nothing to do with the song. It doesn't, you know, they just want to be part of some trend that like, so it's a, it's like a whole nother world. I'm not trying to do any of that. Um, right. And yeah, just making music for me and that I want to play myself and that I think people will enjoy. Yeah. And when you make music, um, just on some get a little deeper nerdy type stuff, but you have any like plugins that are your favorites or special tips or secrets, you know, like that you always put in your productions? Um, not really, man. I, I do. I work a lot with samples. Like uh, that, that's like my favorite thing is just working with samples. Like obviously the drum packs, like I have so many drum packs. I, I'm not picky. Like I just find a kick. I'll go through my my sounds and my samples and just be like, oh, this sounds cool. Boom, boom, boom. Even Splice has so much fire shit, you know. I, you so know, much. Like, cool. And then for like sounds, I I actually just like I even this week I bought some like new plugins because I want to start working with more like VSTs yeah. and you know trying to make my own you know chords and stuff like that. Um, I don't know the name. I I don't know the names of them, but I could probably look them up here yeah sure um, and what and when for, you say samples you mean like samples from like you said splice and those kind of packs or like actual yes, old yes shit you find? Splice and, but i also have like a lot of like old like packs that i forgot i had like i've got a lot of old like by the funk packs i got a lot of old like like um artist packs from like 2010 that still have crazy like afro sounds like I have so much that I just never, like, I forgot that I had it. I forgot to tap into. I know. Isn't that funny? I know. I just found, like, this drive the other day, and I was looking through, and and it was just like you said. I had uh, sample packs from, like, 10, 12 years ago, and I'm like, this is almost like vintage sample packs, and I was finding drum breaks that were dope on there, and I'm like, people aren't going to be using these now because, like, the 21-year-old producers were, like, 10 years old when this was, (laughs) when this came out. Yeah, exactly. Like... And then, and then a lot of like dance hall, like like sound clash samples are crazy. Like, yeah, uh, like they they have like the craziest like chants and like MCs, legendary MCs, just being like just saying crazy shit you could use for like whatever you want. Like little stuff like that, it like helps a lot. Also, like yeah, a lot of like the um, man, I'm so bad. Like the old keyboards that they used to make the forgot what rhythm. Oh right, right. Keyboard was called, but I got all those samples from that keyboard too, like old vintage. Oh, crazy! Yeah, I don't know what it is, like Juno one hundred six or some kind of old thing like that. But that's dope. Yeah, I know. I found like I I used to like spin jungle drum and bass like twenty years ago probably, and I found these sample records that people were putting out that were. They were supposed to be scratch records for DJs, but they were all drum and bass sounds. But they have crazy shit. I just recorded the whole record into my computer from vinyl because it was all old dance hall sounds, but like manipulated in that drum and bass sound. And I'm like, this would be mm-hmm. crazy to sample now and put into music now. You know, I gotta send Hell it to yeah. you. You could probably yeah. flip it in some crazy way. Yeah, man. I'll get I'll get crazy with it for sure. Man. Anything <laughs> that sounds weird and like bleepy or like alarms or like anything, man. Yeah, it's all um, that. It was like all that, but then also their voices, but it's time stretched with like 20 year old samplers. So it doesn't sound good, but in a way it sounds really cool now, you know? Ah, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty dope. Um, 
but yeah i use like i started using like artoria for like sounds artoria oh yeah vsts like i i I never i like to keep my like plugins like very small because when i have too many it's like it it goes along with that when i have too many like options i I know i get lost so i'm like yeah all right this is good for like chords and sounds it's good for bass like i'm still learning i'm still trying to find like a good vst for like dope bass lines because right uh going coming from dance hall it's like it's like uh it's just like 808 sometimes sometimes the baseline but i think that's the thing i'm learning more still to this day is like how to do a proper like rolling baseline and like uh chords because i'm not a, yeah. like a, i don't play instrument the piano so i'm just kind of like learning what keys are good for my style and like you know stuff like that so how do you so since you don't play and stuff how do you come up with your bass lines is it a lot of just taking the sample chopping it up pitching it and just playing around with the sample like that yeah so if i need a baseline to go along with the whatever i'm working on yeah. the easiest way for me to do it is like all right i find like an 808 or a dope like baseline sample or a plug-in whatever i yeah. pitch it all the way up to like super high so it sounds like a like a synth and then i know I, i'm really fast at knowing if it's in key or not and i just come up right. with like I'll be like, all right, cool. Do, 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 do. All right, this is cool. I'll use those three and then put it down. And if, you know, from go from there, I'll be like, all right, this one needs to actually go here and there. And then I'll just go from there. But I always like, that's like another little trick I do. I, I don't, pretty sure everybody does it. It's like they, because when you hear a low end bass line, you can't really hear the key, the note yeah. that well. So you pitch right. it all the way up to where it sounds like a synth and it's just way easier to get the right key when you don't play like piano. <laughs> Right, right. No, I know exactly what you mean. I I can't do it. And I'm not as advanced of a producer like you, but uh but same, I have to do that. I'll put it up high, then take it Ableton and put it back down like, okay, there we go. I think yeah, that sounds exactly. good. <laughs> Use my <laughs> DJ ear to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's um uh, have you ever had like um like, you know, we've been talking about all good, good experiences, but have you ever had any like awkwardly like bad experiences either in the studio or like at a show on stage that you want to talk oh, about? Oh, man. Um, I never had an awkward experience on stage other than when like music stops. Right. But I did have like a weird like session. It was like a kind of a miscommunication. So, um, I was invited by these guys, it's like their homies, but right. they were like, yo, come to the session. We have so-and-so pulling up, like come through. Like, I thought it was going to be like a group thing. Like we all just vibe and make beats like a session, you know, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Fire. So I went cause they have like their little, like, like crib, like their headquarters where they do all their sessions and stuff. They have like two studios there. So I went and um yeah it's for like artists she's like pretty big now like she's she's like popping right and um so i went there i'm like cool i want to say he's like oh yeah yo you're in there i'm like all right cool i sit down like they 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 there was nothing on the studio desk just like waiting for me to plug in i'm like oh I was like, all right cool like oh uh, i was like i have no beats i'm not because i don't sit here and make like 10 beats a day and and right. have beats to show like i don't do that like i'm not a beat maker i like to produce songs i like to work with people like let's I don't just make your beats and be like, all right, boom, locked on. Like, I just can't do that. So Got I it. was there. I was like, all right, cool. Like, and everybody's just kind of, oh, uh, you want to plug in and like show her what you have? I was like, oh, I'm, yeah, I guess. I was like, sure. Like, in my head, <laughs> like, it was just miscommunicated. I thought it was going to be like, yo, I, I'm, I'm the right. I'm the backup producer. I'll help, if, you know, with what I can. But I was like, the, and they're just like, everybody just quiet room, just sitting there, just waiting for me. Just like this. <laughs> Yeah, just go ahead and play anything. And I'm like, 
fuck so like going down the thing playing like the worst beats that i had like dance hall demos and like fucking i don't know some other shit and i'm just like and they're like next and she's like um i don't know i kind of like want something like what if we just go through sounds like sounds you have and then i'll just pick one i like and you can make a beat out of it i was like all right so like going through sound that she had like the sample from fucking uh gypsy woman just sample the dun, 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 oh, dun, dun. right and i'm like she's like yeah let's do something with that i'm like i'm like yo but that's like a i can't like how do that's you like a, a hugely famous song yeah like are you yeah, ready to clear it, this yeah but it is even even if i sampled it every note is a chord so it's like I yeah can, there's not much i could do with it if it was one note i can easily make chords with one note but you can't make right. chords with chords like it's crazy <laughs> so i was like uh i don't know what the fuck i, I, I tried and i was like yo like it's a chord like you can't really like sample a chord unless you're going to use that chord you know right <laughs> i tried everything and then she was like all right well let's just do some like latin vibes and i was like all right so i made a reggaeton b for her and then she like was just there recording. It was just like the worst session. And I told my managers, I told I was like, guys, just ahead in, in advance, we have to know what's going on because I cannot do that again. That was the worst <laughs> session. And I feel bad, not only for her, because I wasn't what she thought I was going to be. or wasn't expecting what, you know, right and now she probably said, oh, Abram's, oh yeah, I wanted a session with him. It's kind of whack. Like, so it's like <laughs> in both ways, it's like, fuck, like. I just don't want that to happen again. So that was probably definitely the, that's the first one that came to my head for sure. Oh my God, that sucks. I mean, it's just like any, I guess, DJ comedian type situation where you got to go through the bad experience to have a learning experience and know, now you know to tell your managers and you know what to expect and be like, don't put me in this fucked up situation <laughs> this is crazy yeah please don't like and the, even still they're like yo uh so-and-so's in town you want to go to the studio i'm like guys guys i don't what do you want me to i don't have beats like i i have to be prepared like you know i gotta like you know tell me maybe like oh you know so-and-so wants to get in the studio all right like ahead that way i can make like, at least like five to you know six seven beats and then we can knock three down like and that's the way it right. works because i can't i don't know man like, i all i make bro if i make beats i make just like afro beats dancehall or like now i'm making house shit for me but i'm not gonna yeah. sit here and make pop records and if they fuck with afro beats and dancehall let's do it like that's right. what i'm comfortable making right now but i'm not gonna I, I i that's that's what i'm that's my that's my pocket you know I mean, I think it's important to pick something to stand for and stand for it, you know, and this is who I am rather than trying to please everybody. You sort of just dissolve into nothingness, you know? Yeah. To me, man, everything is boring. Like Afrobeat is fun and like so good. You can do so much with it. A dance hall is always going to be fun and like you can make it sexy or you can make it banging. And yeah. You know, house is obviously timeless. Like you get a crit, like it's just energy. Like you play that yeah. out, it's energy, no matter what. So those are my pockets. I don't care to make pop records. I don't care to like. I would. I if I'm in a studio and I'm there, I would love to be part of something if it's happening naturally. Right. But I'm not gonna sit here and make pop records in my crib. Like I, I, <laughs> I'll make a, I'll make a pop record that's Afrobeat if you want to do that. You know. So yeah, I'm just all and about look- world music, man. Yeah. I love it. I think the I think the world is becoming more about world music. You know, I think it's 
I mean, they're adding the global music category to the Grammys, you know, rather than making it like world music. And we had that connotation before of like, it's weird world music. It's we're recording yeah, someone exactly. in the desert playing a, you know, two string thing. It's like, no, it's global this, music. Yeah, we're all in this together. From the Middle East. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that, that was from the 1950s or something, you know, but right. now it's like so antiquated. Like now, like you said, it's global music. It's all together. Afrobeats is crazy like i was going through an afrobeats actually you know shout to beat source who i do the podcast for but they're the person that curates their african section is next level like he's so knowledgeable he's dope dj and uh hit i was going through the uh some of the playlists he had on there last night and it was just crazy to me even the um amount of different tempos there were just bpm like afrobeats is not stuck in any sort of bpm i know they have that 100 bpm type you know oh, got sweet the slow, spot they got the fast they got but every, they got the... yeah the fast shit is so much fun it's crazy yeah, like bro. how high i mean yeah like i remember being at this party in brooklyn and seeing moma and ellie escobar and them playing this like you know the faster afrobeat stuff and it was probably the first time i'd seen it played in person and people dancing to it and just the energy and the vibe i got from it was like wow it was like magical it was like when it gives you goosebumps like this is crazy yeah bro you know and that's the thing with me man i'm all like that's where my i feel like that's where my love for music was born was can you dance to it is it yeah. does it have energy can you dance to it like is this can people enjoy themselves to dancing to it like that's all i make music for i don't make r&b for people to make sing you know listen to music go to sleep to i don't make country like i i make dance music music for people to dance to and that's my purpose because like that's i, I was a dancer also like that was my first thing oh, wow. i was like a dancer um i wanted to be a choreographer like for a big artist like that was my first love but obviously you got into music i'm like man it's got to stay the same. I can't make music that's not going to make me or other people dance. So anything right. danceable, that's my pocket, man. Any, you know, house, Afrobeats, dancehall, Latin, like that's my shit. Like, but if you're going to try to make music where I, you can't dance to it, I, I'm the one part of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. part of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. You were a dancer and it all kind of comes full circle now that you're a major laser and you guys have these choreographed shows and now you have yeah. input on like what could be dope for the dancers or you guys to do like it's crazy how life all comes back around like that yeah well it's actually like man i've been dancing years like I, calvet it's like the choreographer this guy named calvet He's right, a choreographer right. Laser, bro super like crazy like i don't i don't see anyone else like doing like proper choreography because i'm still like i'm still judging because like dance music or dancing has gotten big again within the last five years it blew up crazy like choreography yeah. It was big right. in mid-2000s in the music videos, you know, dancing choreography was huge. And then it died down and then it came back and it had like a big resurgence. And I'm like, bro, most of these dancers are whack. They're doing the same moves. Like they don't really have that vibe, that, that sauce. Like they don't have that. They don't stand out. But Calvin, man, every time, every time I see the dancers in the routine, I'm like, yo, this is so good. Yeah. But, um, so. Yeah, man. Like you know, I might shit. I might get back into something. You know, I keep saying it, but I'm like, ah, I don't know if I could do it like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just bust out a little something <laughs> in Vegas we to try it, it out. We, we did, yo. You know how many times I like, yo, ape, do the hand hops because I used to break dance too. So I used to like do, I like, hop on one hand, 
That's so and they dope. made me do it like in Dubai. They made me do it like in I forgot somewhere <laughs> yes. else. And I'm like, man, I can't do it like I used to. <laughs> if I if I practice it, it'd be no problem. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will do it every show for like you know one part of the. <laughs> but I was like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why y'all want to see me ha- like hop on my hands? You know. I mean, I don't know. I could see it. The the major laser shows right? are just fun, dude. They're just fun. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just nah, when they're like, right. everyone on the left, go through here. Like, yeah. the, I feel like that's major laser just captures. I mean, the whole thing we're talking about here is just how music connects everyone in the world, no matter what language we speak. It's the it's global, like we said, and it, it has connected us. This pandemic proved it more than anything that like. We are all connected by music, you know, and DJs got huge out of this because this that was the only thing like like connecting us and Major Laser, I feel like really taps into the doing it for fun and just letting loose and no inhibitions and, you know, not, and, and just making music that isn't like other stuff and partying and their shows. So, yeah, I mean, it could fit in there. I could see you doing it. No, you're Whatever right, you feel you're comfortable, right. you know. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, we have new shows. We have new whole new show we got to make. So maybe we'll fit in there. All day. I got to. Yeah, I got to do some practice first. Clean it up, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you don't fall on your face or something. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm really an idiot. That's dope. So, so what? So the new. So you produced um, one of the newest major laser tracks, uh, the Diplomatico track, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, what? Um, like, what went into that, or um, you know, what's the story behind that song? Um, I was uh, making a bunch of Latin. I was so I was supposed to meet up with some Latin artists and I had some time to make some beats. So that's the way I like it. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'll, you know, I brought one of my boys in here from Miami to like, kind of like vibe with me, help me on some of the, some of them. Um, if you had any ideas and I was like, yo, we got to make like 10 beats at least today. I was like, cool. So we just made some like shit and he showed me this, uh, this plugin and it had that weird, like that those lead synth. I was like, Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. This could be dope. And I just made like a melody and like making like like stuff like that is super easy for me too, man. It's like super fast. I just make a dope lead, bassline goes under it, and then they add the drums. And the drums, like in that song specifically, are very minimal. If you hear, it. it's yeah, like, it's a kick, a snare, then one extra percussion, and like that's it. And <laughs> right. then, um, and then all the chords and stuff we can do later. Like as long as we have just an idea where somebody listens to it and they're like, "Oh, I like this." So I I had like eight, and then um. Yeah, Wes was like, oh, uh, you have anything for, like, Guayna? Like, it was, it was like a Major Laser Guayna record. I was like, yeah, I just made some, actually. So I sent him, and he's like, all right, yeah, he likes this one. This one's fire. I was like, all right, cool. And then he wrote, wrote it then and there, and that was it. Like, it was another quick process. And then after that, we just had to obviously mix and master it and get that right. But that was fire, and it yeah. just turns out, you know? Oh, super fire. I mean, it sticks in your head. Like, one time listening to it, you cannot stop saying it for the rest of the day and night (laughs) which is kind of annoying but no (laughs) i'm like diplomatico diplomatico yeah so like we first heard it we're like yo why is he just saying diplo like i know he's talking about diplomatico but like just you know it's like weird just saying diplo the whole time like it just seems like you're just trying to you know but then it's like when you hear it like you said over and over you hear it a couple more times you're like oh actually it might it's a it's catchy for sure it's like an earworm so yeah exactly let's do it and the, the what he's talking about in the song it's like you know like he's a you know he's he's diplomatic like he you know he's had on his own rules and like you know whatever and it's just like it had a whole vibe he had the whole music video idea in his head already so um we're like fuck so, yeah, let's do it 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like your production. Don't think too much, you know, just, just exactly. go with it. If it sounds good, then trust your, your gut feeling for it. Yeah, for sure. And then we already got like a crazy remix coming out. Like really? So, yeah. Oh man. It's going to be crazy. We got like some, some fire, like artists on there, Latin artists. It's going to be dope. dope. They just basically add like more authenticity to it. It's going to be sick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I thought actually the same thought from hearing it. Like, why is he just like saying Diplo's name? Like, why is he doing that? But then the more I realized, okay, it's like a play on words like DJs do, you know, diplomatic, diplomat, you know, goes with Diplo. Yeah. And like you said, the lyrics. So in a way, yeah, it, uh, the meaning of it grew on me a little bit. And I was like, all right, I get it. I think it was definitely one of those things where they joked around it at first when he heard it. He was like, saw him and he's like, yo, Diplo, Diplo, Diplomatico. And he's like, and then they just kept it. It just I think it was right. one of those. And then he made a song around that, being like, yeah. you know, diplomatic vibes and and that was it. I think that's yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Right. And so and then you have your own EP coming out, which um I was lucky enough to listen to. I was driving around yesterday bumping it and uh really dope. Like no songs. I, I didn't want to skip any song. I know it's only four songs, but you know, there yeah, wasn't yeah. a lot of times I listen to stuff and I'll be like, okay, I got to scroll through to get the feeling of it. But I was just right. driving around like vibing, like, this is great. And, uh, no, so man. yeah, it's really dope. Like what's, um, you know, do you want to talk about that at all? I know you have a, the first single is mech money with silent Addy and projects and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just let us know any info about that. Yeah, so these songs I actually started some of these songs um like four years ago. Like Wow. I, I took a like I think the last song I released before these was like what, like uh, uh the song I did with Denzel Curry on spinning. Um what was it called? Uh I bro, I'm the worst at like remembering names. <laughs> if you don't remember your own song that. name, I, yeah. I don't remember. Oh shells. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, okay. So I know what you're talking it's about. Because it yeah. had so many names and we changed the last <laughs> minute. So I'm like, wait, what was the name? Shell. Okay. But um yeah, after that I was like, man, all right, I'm gonna take a step back and actually like rethink, like, you know, be more careful and cautious about what ape drums wants, what I want to be as ape drums, you know? Yeah. Um, because we were also talking about starting a label and like, you know, possibly doing like a project with me and Son Addy where we just do strictly dance hall and then I'll keep doing other stuff, you know, trying to like make yeah. it organized, I guess. But um, yeah, it took some time off and, you know, we've had these songs, like I've had some of these songs for so long, but um, I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I put a song out. I'm going to put what people put out first, what people expect from me. And they expect right. dance hall, they expect, you know, that's, that's that kind of stuff. So I said, let's just get this out of the way first. Kind of like, all right, this is kind of like the more evolved Ape Drums dance hall shit. So the first single was Delete featuring Beam, which was like, you know, your, 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 your Abe drums song. Like it's like, you know, and yeah. then um, the other two was like, I was like, you know what? I want, I want to work with these young up and coming, up and coming talent that that's like my favorite thing. It's like working with artists and putting songs out with artists that nobody knows, but they sound yeah. like superstar they have a crazy voice they stand out that's like my favorite thing so yeah didn't make money after that with silent Addy and projects and then uh, after that we did 
um, Boyfriend Killer with Toyan and Projects. That's a little more girl, like for song for the girls so they can vibe yeah. to sing along. I to. like that though. Like I was listening to it, like, you know, I'm singing Boyfriend Killer, but like I, <laughs> um, but yeah. exactly. I like that it was a song for the ladies, honestly. And hearing the lyrics, yeah. I was like, all right, this is dope. Cause it's not just always hardcore grimy. Like, hard, you know. Yeah. And that's, I want to tap in more of that because especially now if I do like dance song music, I think I'm going to start doing more like, songs that a girl can whine to you know what i'm saying that's the thing yeah and a girl can sing along and have her own anthem too you know we see how meg megan the stallion and girls want to have those and they're few and far between i think that's something diplo's good at you know i mean he made freaking girls run the world (laughs) with beyonce but i mean i think you know that's why it was different to hear that on there and also Mm -hmm. i hadn't heard some of the artists on there and even beam i didn't know much about i know he's on this new justin bieber ep which in a way might kind of help uh yours because it's i think he got a lot of uh notoriety from that but yeah it was dope to hear to hear a, a track for the ladies done by the ladies and an anthem they could sing along to you know yeah um, man. like even still this ep it's it's still new it's this but it comes on fit or the set six seven seven okay. it comes on the seventh and um yeah like we have that the last song to come out which is on release day is too much with 28th century man another young up and coming like dope voice like nobody knows this guy is but he's so talented I, I didn't know ideas. yeah i don't know who he is but it was super dope listening to it yeah. i had to look him up i'm like that's his name oh shit that's crazy yeah yeah Yes, exactly. It's, it's a fire name to 20th century, man. Like, it's quote was fire. Super fire. Yeah. Dope. But, yeah. But yeah, this CP, I'm, I'm kind of like excited to get it out of the way, man, because even since those songs, I feel like my production is kind of like, like leveled up. Like, and that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, I think that's important. Always try to evolve like your sound and, you know, and these songs, I can always play it in, in a bachelor party, you know, but now yeah. I'm like, are the next records? Let's try to tap in. Let's do some crazy, like, Let's do something that maybe stands out that people I can play at like bigger shows, you know, and now I'm trying to like, I'm always trying to like find that next unfolding. Like, all right, what's yeah. that? Like, what more can I do with it? Am I doing too much? You know, so I don't know. I mean, I'm just excited to push it out, man. Like, it's been a while. I'm finally comfortable with my production style and like comfortable, you know, with my songs that I think I can release and. We'll see how the fans receive it. Let's see if the fan base grows. Let's see if the shows get bigger for Ape Drums. You know what I mean? So, yeah, see what happens. What uh, like as far as DJing, you know, like our our beat source is very much geared towards like open format DJs and and people that play every different kind of party. Like, what's your approach to DJing? Do you? Do you like DJing festivals more or these small bars or like 1-800-LUCKY kind of spots in Miami or Vegas, Excess? You know, like what's your favorite style of DJing and favorite kind of spot? I love all of those because (laughs) festivals, like I can do a proper festival where I'm like, man, that's where you hear the, that's where you hear the noise. That's where you get the energy from. You play a song make an edit of like fucking a, a super popular song and then it goes into a buildup to it drops to like another song and it's just like that shit is so fun because you just kind of like know well for me i know it's gonna go crazy so i'm just like waiting for the reaction and it's just yeah. like feels so good and have everybody just like i mean just i mean there's this everybody loves that rocking a fucking crowd of thousands of people oh my god but, yeah but it's there's nothing like rock, like playing a little dirty bar with like packs hot and sweating you get to play like the fucking party shit like yeah, you, know, you get to play the fucking old school dance hall records into the Latin into like the 
you know, whatever's popping now, but it's just like crazy. Like, like that's the way I approach it. And like, I don't ever, like if I'm doing like a top 40, like open format set. Yeah. I'll do edits of the top 40 songs. Like, that's right. all edits of whatever song is out or i always i don't like to play what you hear on the radio like i want to play i'll play the song but it's like a different version of it you know yeah so yeah. i think i think as long as it's good and like it's a vibe like i think that's important like i just got this dance hall mumba remix that this boy this dude sent me from this kid ash from mauritius crazy um he sent me this edit just now of uh uh mahalia What's the Mahalia dancehall record that she did with Burner Boy? Um, oh, Simmer. I don't know. Simmer. Okay. She put out a record, Simmer, like last year, two years ago. I don't know, but it's it's it takes off with popular dancehall rhythm. She did her song on it, but you just sent me like a crazy version of it. It's wild. So that's like type, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll just like to put that in my sets and, and little dark parties and 1 800 Lucky. Like, I'll play that type of stuff, but. Man, I love them all. I think they're all, right. they're both festivals and small parties are like the best in their own way, you know? Yeah. Do you like uh, when DJs kind of make edits of your songs and you hear them out there or send them out to you, like mashups yeah, or bootlegs? Or, if they're good, obviously. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, I mean, that's how I, how I was doing. Like, that's how I started off right. making. Like, I made edits of every song I, I heard and I would send them to, like... I love that. I think that's, I mean, it just, it's kind of like flattering. It's like, oh, you're actually doing an edit to my song. Like you fuck with it enough to put work to do an edit. Like that's tight. You know what I mean? And yeah. I fuck, man, that's why I was like, I'm actually surprised that like a lot of old playing my shit in clubs. Cause I'm like, I didn't intend to make my shit for like clubs, but they're playing my shit in clubs. I'm like, oh, this is crazy, right. man. Like I fuck with it. Like I love that. And it, it just, it's a good sign, you know? Yeah that's dope man yeah that's 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 a great feeling and what about when you made um i know you made a song that was like a big part of an ad campaign that was directed by spike jones right it was the uh, mm-hmm. what was it kenzo or um, kenzo it was a kenzo perfume um, what was that like yeah. did you feel like damn like this is a big deal or you just i mean what was how did that come about and how'd you feel um so I put, yeah, so I put this song on called World Boss with the Vibes acapella that I messed with. And then Sam Spiegel, um, he works in like uh, getting syncs and stuff like that for like commercials and stuff like that. Like that's his business, I believe. Right. He's a producer yeah. as well, like dope producer, but he was yeah. like, oh, like um, he got in contact with Spike Jones. It was like, yo, like we need a song for this ad. Like it needs something like this. We think it's something energetic. And he's like, yo, like he showed them a couple songs and they, they liked that one. And I was like, shocked kind of like, all right. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Only thing is we got to like change the vocal because we can't have Vibes Cartel. He's locked up for life. He's like, you know, it's the stuff he's saying. It's not, you know, right. It's kind of saying right. some crazy stuff on there. So let's get another artist, keep the beat, get another artist. So uh, Sam Spiegel got assassin, like legendary uh, voice in Jamaica. And, right. um, yeah, you got him on there. We we I went over to LA to kind of like do a proper layout of the song, clean it up a little bit, and then he sat with Spike to like put the song properly over the ad, and then it just turned out crazy, and, and it's still crazy to think about. Man, Kenzo's yeah. ad, like it, it kind of went viral. Like before viral, right. going viral on the internet was a thing. It was like it went kind of like trending. Yeah, it was like trending on YouTube, on Twitter, like a little bit. It's crazy. That's so dope. Crazy. Um, 
All right. Well, shit. I mean, you've told us a, a lot. Um, I, I uh, Before we get out of here, I asked the internet uh, if anyone had questions for you. And uh, we got some people sent in some things. Some of them were kind of crazy and some of them were good so i'll pick a couple of them <laughs> some of them i'm like are you sh- what what are you writing me right now uh, but uh let's see oh, oh this one uh self-proclaimed most important question from uh chippy non-stop says ask him if he's got a crush on chippy non-stop this is important so <laughs> she really wants to know <laughs> I, oh do I assuming- yeah i got a crush on chippy <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you guys know each other in real life, but yeah, uh, yeah she's she's a homie. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Uh, we got um, damn. I'm sorry, person. I can't uh, say your name, but uh, it's Kofi Chuno.als. I think I said it, but uh, he said name three plugins without which song cannot be completed. Oh, uh, well, we kind of talked about that. I mean, yeah, you said you just got into Arturia, Arturia and that you like- work. Arturia yeah. and samples. Like like I said, delete was a samples. It was all samples. Oh, except I did use a contact for like the orchestra part. It was like the the brass plugin on contact. Oh, and oh then Arturia's Arturia I think was for boyfriend killer. And then I don't. The other one actually too much was actually uh, I actually got one of my friends from uh, France. He's like really good at keyboard. He actually did those chords for me on Too Much, killed it. And then the other melody oh. on Too Much is actually 28th Century Man because he produces as well. I don't oh, know what plugin wow. to use. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Mech Money, I don't know the, the I, I think that was uh, no, uh, Nexus. Okay. So, so, all right. Some good info. Write that down, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Jan Live asks, What year did music start paying all his bills? That's pretty interesting. Oh, 20, I'm going to say 2015. Okay. 2015, man. Yeah, that's when, started, that's when I was like, you know what? I can quit my job. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, man. What a good feeling. What, what was your job? Yeah. Do you want to say <laughs> that you quit? Yeah, yeah. My last job, I was a retail associate at Oakley in Katie Mills Mall, Katie, Texas. It was crazy. Like, that's the last wow. job I ever had. And that's, <laughs> that's what you quit around 2014 yeah. or 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember I just got an agent and she was like, uh, she just calls me on this. She's like, hey, uh, so you want to go on tour? It's like the first gig she ever got me. I was like, tour? She's like, yeah, with Chase and Status. They're doing a North American tour. I was like, are you? I was like, hell yeah. And she's the only thing is, like, you're going to be gone for like two weeks. So make sure you, you know, tell your job. I said, how much am I making on this tour? She said, oh, you're making this much each show. I forgot how much it was. Like, it wasn't nothing. It was like, I think it was like 1200 a show, but that's like, you know, not that we still got to buy your flights and whatever. So I was like, there's a lot more one. I mean, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put in my two weeks and like, yeah, let's just take this, take this chance, you know? And she let's was like, go. go for it. So yeah, I did that. And yeah, it was, I was like, you know what? I can't, I don't have to work here no more. I can just work on music full time now. It's be lit. Oh my God. You're like, I'm taking this pair of glasses and I'm out right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me get my glass discount and I'm out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's crazy. I love I love that. I love to hear that story. Yeah. Um, all right. This probably is a fake question. What ape is your favorite? I don't know what that means even, unless you have um, an answer. <laughs> just, you know, just the big the biggest the <laughs> silver back gorilla you can fucking find. That's that's exactly that's me, big ape. <laughs> Silverback, baby. Silverback. Um, <laughs> I mean, how did you come up with the name Ape Drums? Um, so 
we actually it was me and my friend from houston uh we started as a duo and oh, we were okay. like making music and i was like yo what should be our name we want i was like yo we have to have the word drums in our name i think that's tight like something drums and he was like yeah, yeah. he was kind of like went along with whatever i said he's like yeah, yeah well, sure yes yeah, <laughs> he was like he was always like he's really good at drawing and graffiti and art so he was like i would always have a tablet there for him to draw on, and he was drawing like a gorilla with like nikes on and like did his thing and i was like Gorilla drums, gorilla drums, monkey drums, ape drums, like ape drums. I was like, well, what do you think about ape drums? It sounds tight. Because it's like, that just defines our sound. Our drums are crazy. And that's all we were about. Because we were making like tribal house back then, like some crazy shit. And he right. was like, yo, I fuck with it. And that was it. I wish I had a better story, but that was it. <laughs> that's, that, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, I honestly would not be able to predict that. So I was trying to figure it out. I'm yeah. like, where would that name come from? But no, nah, it makes sense. Everyone has their own, you know, crazy story. Um, my Mine's not great for my name, but <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, everyone always thinks mine's going to be like some crazy shit, like, and it's not. Um, but uh, <laughs> let, let's see. Next one, XMJMMX. Uh, people got some crazy names. Sorry if I said that wrong. But uh, she wants to know, when are you doing a show in Houston? When are you coming to Houston? Um, did we, did we, we did a show in there not so long ago, but me, I'm a, I don't know. I'll probably do one soon. I'll probably do one in a couple months. I'll line one up because I'm starting, so, I'm starting to get contacts in with like people that do dope venues in Houston. So after like the next few releases, we're going to start a tour and then definitely Houston will be a stop for sure. So yeah, hopefully, we, get- yeah, hopefully before the end of this year, we'll see. Dope. Get that hometown show in. Um, yeah. All right. Midnight Mind 80 says, what methods, routine do you use to keep your DJ and producing skills sharp? Man, um, producing, like I said, um, remixing helps. Doing bootlegs always helps. Trying new genres is definitely, I started producing house again after like, what, t- 10 years. So yeah. I was like, man, you know what? That's keeping me sharp. Like it's keeping me versatile. As far as DJ, man, like I've done it for 15 years. I think I've got it down. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I'm not a turntablist, so I don't, it doesn't take that much work, but um, right. you know, we have CDJs now do everything for us. We're just pressing buttons here and there. As far as mixing goes, it's just, you know, we always mess up no matter what. So it's yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. Were, were you into DJing before the production or did the production come first? DJing. So long story short, when I was like eight, I remember I was really into like the invisible scratch pickles. I was like my favorite thing. Like no way. I was like I was obsessed, man. I was obsessed. And I told my mom, I want to I want to DJ. I want to do scratching. That's what I really want to do. Like that's what I want to wow. do. And she didn't have enough money. Like she tried to sign me up for like tenor table classes at like guitar center. And like it was just too expensive. She's like, I can't do it. I was like, all right, whatever. So I just kind of like gave up on it. And then um, yeah, I mean that never happened but then like i found out about like she actually she was actually the one that got me into like djing again because she was like oh have you heard these kids called the martinez brothers i was like 17 yeah she's like, i was like no she's like they're playing a show in houston like she had got like a promoter like text because she used to go out but she was like they're playing a show in houston you ever heard of these kids i'm like no they're like your age and i looked them up and i'm like my mind was just like wait what like these you little hispanic kids from new york like playing house music and they're like my age and they're playing them I've never seen these CDJs before, like CDJ, like 800, 900, whatever, or thousands, I think. So right. 
Yeah, she was actually got me into it again. So I always think like, man, what if I got into turntablism before like DJ? I probably would be like just like a like an asshole or something, hating on like <laughs> you know DJs and shit. <laughs> I don't know. That's but. crazy. That's so yeah. interesting, man. Wow. Yeah, my son. Actually, my son is eight years old, and I always wonder like, should I be pushing it on him to to get into DJing? But I, I offer it to him here and there. But I'm like, I want him to fall into what what yeah. is natural for him, you know. For but sure, that's crazy to sure. hear that you were eight, like trying to that you were even knew who the invisible scratch pickles were at eight years old yeah. in I was probably Houston. like 10, 11. I'm probably exaggerating. I was probably a little okay. older, but you're like, I was 10, one years like old. <laughs> yeah. I just remember watching their videos and like, we had super slow internet. So like, I was, it was like, took me or an hour just to get like 10, 10 seconds of a video to load up. And I was like, Oh, this is crazy. And they were just, they would do the whole thing when they would all take, like, it was like a circle They would do their, they would do like a videos where there was like a circle of turntables yeah. and, and they would all just like do their thing. It was crazy. But yeah. Wow, that's nuts. Are there any other DJs, scratch DJs or or other kind of uh, more hands-on kind of DJs that influenced you from just your DJ styles? Um, not my DJ styles, man. Like I, you know, it was turntable is like a whole nother world. Like I'm, I, right. I was like, yo, there's really not much I could, like it's either that or that. Like it's com- completely two different things. But, um, yeah, it was a. I mean, I think my favorite was like uh, was. Bro, I'm so bad with names. I don't know. I gotta take vitamins or something, and my memory is going crazy. Who was the guy those, in Invisible uh, Scratch Pickles? Uh, well, DJ Q, the legendary Cubert Shortcut, yeah, Cubert Shortcut, Mixmaster Mike, D Style. It's crazy. Like Craze, obviously, is like 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 a legend. Oh yeah, Craze, like my brother. Right, and his favorite it turns out is Cubert. So it's like kind of crazy. But, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. And Craze actually one of, was your first record put out on Slow Roast Records, which is Craze's record label, right? Yes. Yes. That my first, yeah, my first dance hall officially released record was on, yeah, on Slow Roast called Bashment. Um that yeah. one actually did really well too, as far right. as like in the dance music scene. But um yeah, man. I, before that I think it just did something like for free and then uh yeah, I think that was the first officially released one. Yeah, crazy. All right, so it came back to the the scratch DJs uh, <laughs> putting your Full music circle, out for the bro. first time. See, Full circle, all the, crazy. All yeah. these things coming back. You never know. Oh, clever That's too. Dope. Clever, clever. Crazy oh yeah, the first ones to fuck with me back then, and and yeah, shout out to them, man. Oh yeah, shout to Clever, and I mean both of them are great. Craze was, yeah. Craze was, I think one of the final in person, if not the final in person um, interview on this show uh, in the middle of March last year. And I remember oh, we had this shit. whole conversation. Like he coughed in the middle of the interview, and we were like, "Okay, <laughs> interview over, you're out." <laughs> like. <laughs> Because we, we were like hearing about this COVID thing that was spreading around. And I remember asking him, like, do you think you're not going to go to China for a little while? Like, we had no idea what was about to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Two weeks later, right. everything shut down. But yeah, yeah. Craze, Craze is the best. Uh, so many Hell good yeah. clips came out of that episode. Um, all right, I'm let's sure see. Let's get a, get a few more and then uh, I'll let you go. But uh, Fran, Fran, Rod, uh, I can't say any of these names, but uh, <laughs> Fran Rodriguez, or I don't know. Sorry, bud. I'll call you Fran. But uh, what were your <laughs> what were your principles as a DJ and producer? 
I don't know what that means exactly. I mean, we've um, gone over some of this, but yeah, what were yeah. your principles? It was always just, you know, stay true to my sound. Always try to stand out. Um, That's good. And always try, I always made sure I try to sound as good as other songs that were already out. You know, the songs that I wanted to be like, I was like, I always made yeah. sure sonically they sounded close to as good as the way they, they were. And those are my principles, man. Never follow the trend, make music that you you enjoy and that you think people enjoy and that's it yeah all right um baraz dijon's um he, uh, his secret like <laughs> i can't say any of these sorry guys no offense to your name i'm just not good at reading it on instagram uh with the underscores and shit uh his secret choice of drum samples uh do you have any sort of secret drum samples um secret nah man no secret everything's out there everything's splice. Yeah. i use a lot of splice for sure everybody does but my i guess my secret is just to make them eq them and make them sound crazy they sound good already but there's always a there's always a space you can make them sound even crispier sometimes you know and then right you know maybe use a snare you know use a a tom as a snare like a tom as a kick and then a snare somewhere else i just experiment Think right that help yeah um all right let's see there's like two more on here we kind of answered let's uh dj k cray is kind of flipping things up a little bit and he just says how many ingredients does it take for a grilled cheese sandwich to become an actual sandwich so that's an interesting question <laughs> how many i don't know <laughs> what do you agree I mean, to make grilled cheese sandwich an actual sandwich it is a sandwich so what do you mean an it actual is, I, I think you just need the one the one piece of cheese you right need, and the grilling need- yeah, but if you want to make it an actual full sandwich, you need a meat, turkey, ham, whatever, and then mayo. Yeah, and that's it, right? Just a simple sandwich, just two ingredients right there. <laughs> Sounds good. See, you're simple yeah, you as me. a producer, and you're simple as the uh, sandwich maker. So I think yeah, both, man, both of it man. making delicious shit. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, last one. We kind of covered it, but if you have anything to add to it, um, Lewis Flow asks, uh, "What inspired you to pursue the dancehall sound?" Um, it was just different, man. When I really took, like, in, like, in, like pursued it for real, for real, it was it stood out. It was different at the time. I loved it from the beginning, but I was like, you yeah. know what? Nobody else is making this. I'm gonna be the guy to kind of like put this out there. So. Yeah, just to be the first guy and like try to make it interesting and in that time. Yeah. Right. And in that scene, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, all the stuff you said before, you know, just makes so much sense and, and speaks to that question. Um yeah. dope. Well shit, before we get out of here, um, you got any last words for the DJs or producers listening out there? Any message you want to send to everybody uh out there? Uh, the- uh man, you know what's I'm working on uh, some new stuff, obviously. You know, the EP comes out on 7th, um, Soundboy EP. Um, I'm always going to have a lot of crazy new music, but yeah, man, um, keep out and look out. I got some, a new brand, like a new project I'm working on that's probably going to, you know, be weird to some people, but if you, you know, if you enjoy some Abe Drum shit, you'll like it. So Dope. tune in for that, and- man. Hell yeah. All right. And you can find him everywhere at Ape Drums on all the social media and uh, out there with Major Laser doing these crazy shows. So hopefully I'll catch you guys yes, in Vegas or Miami or wherever, wherever we meet Anytime, up next. Anytime, man. You let me know. Let me, let's okay. go. Okay. 
For sure. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, yo, thank you. It was great meeting you. Great talking to you and uh, learned a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll, I'll see you out there. All right, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Ape Drums for coming on the 20 podcast. A great episode. It was so much fun getting to know him and to hear all about his journey, his process, how he got to where he is today and uh, where he thinks you know he wants to go in the future um hit me if you guys want to hear any other topics discussed any guests on the show just anything my dms are open hit me on instagram at dj spider dj s-p-i-d-e-r go check out my twitch streams uh same thing twitch.tv slash dj spider uh and yeah i love hearing from you guys i love hanging with you guys i love building this show with you guys thank you and also thank you to beat source this show is produced by beat source join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace! And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.